Melnick in the afternoon. Listen live weekdays from 3 to 7 on TSN 690. Welcome back. Hour number two, Melnick in the afternoon, TSN 690. Mitch Melnick, Rod Francis, Mitch Gallo. It's nice to be able to chat with Jim Kelly's daughter, Erin Kelly. The book is Kelly Tough. We're going to Chicago. And Callahan tucked it across, and here leads Hedman. Hedman brought it on, drifted. Right of center, he passed it, he scored! It's Buckhead! And the score is created to lightning on the goal by Cedric Buckhead with 3.11 to go. The man that won the faceoff, Cedric Paquette. Callahan does a nice job controlling with his skates. He finds that aggressive headman. The man that won the faceoff, he's about to make it 3-2 Tampa. And that was the winning goal, and suddenly the Tampa Bay Lightning take a two-games-to-one lead in the Stanley Cup Final ahead of Game 4 tomorrow night. Let's go down to Chicago. TSN hockey analyst on site covering the final. Ray Ferrero, how are you? I'm doing well. How's everything? Everything is good. I can count on Ray Ferraro, as a lot of people were blaming the young defenseman on that play. There was Ray post-game, uh, basically drawing a circle around the real culprit. What happened uh, on that goal to Patrick Sharp? Well, I'm not real sure what he's thinking, but because he's, he's a veteran guy and he, and he knows better, but he made a mistake. And the, and the mistake is when the puck is rimmed around the boards, um, as the high forward, which Sharp was, in the neutral zone, your positioning is supposed to be over top of their centerman. And by over top, I mean on the defensive side of the puck. But Sharp got to the point of the uh, of where the contact was going to be, and he kind of whiffed on it. I'm, I'm not real sure what he was thinking, but as soon as he whiffed on it, Paquette has a, a straight line, clear line to the front of the net. And yes, Comiskey was too deep. You know, he got sucked back into the goal crease. But that play should have been stymied 130 feet from the uh, from the Blackhawks net, and and Sharp, who had, you know, it was in the penalty box for the game winning goal in game two, and he made a costly mistake on the game winner in game three, and he doesn't have a goal in 12 games. I mean, this is this playoffs not shaping up to be one of his best. And and you could tell that he knew uh, what happened, the way he fished the puck when it came out of the net. Uh, he was disgusted, and and Ray, I think everybody knows now. It's it, this is far from over. There's still a lot of time here to 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 make up for what he hasn't done. But when everybody seems to know that you're you're done, you know, at the very least, at the very least, uh, there seems uh, a remote chance of Patrick Sharp because of salary cap implications returning to the Chicago Blackhawks. And you you, you pointed it out he hasn't scored. He hasn't scored in a month. He's a goal scorer. Do you think that's playing into his head? Oh, I'm I'm sure it's crossed his mind. I mean, honestly, Mitch. I mean, there I can't even think of a scenario where Patrick Sharp would be back in Chicago. Um, you know, the, the Blackhawks are going to have to clear salary cap room, and you know, certainly one of their priorities is going to be Brandon Saad, um, who's going to basically take the salary slot, roughly, of where Patrick Sharp is. But I'm sure you look at it and you would think of it. I mean, it would be human nature. You would. You know, you're supposed to score, you're not scoring. Um, you know your time is coming to an end. You know that you, you know, who knows the next time you're going to be in a Stanley Cup final. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he puts immense pressure on himself to produce. Um, you know, today he was on the ice fiddling around with a, a new pattern stick. He's, you know, he's, he's desperate. He, want, he wants to contribute, and he hasn't. And if you would have told me before the series that 
Cedric Paquette would have more goals than Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Marion Hosa, and Patrick Sharp combined, I would have taken that bet every day. That's kind of stunning, actually, when you put it that way. Uh, so, so aside from that, aside from what you just said, what what is most surprising to you about uh, Tampa leading at this point, if it is? Well, it, it's not so much that they're leading. I mean, I, I was I was more than a little surprised with um, how people had basically given the Blackhawks the uh, the Stanley Cup. You know, like before that that he was they were such a uh, um, you know were were such a, a prohibitive favorite. I'm like, I, I was amazed. Maybe they hadn't seen Tampa play much, or maybe they didn't. You know, maybe they didn't give them the respect that others might. Um, so I'm not surprised that they're ahead in the series. I, you know, I, I kind of guessed this would be a long, pretty tightly played series. But I think what surprised me is that the guys that I mentioned just have got nothing in the series. I mean, Hosa was fantastic last night. Man, I mean, to watch him on TV is one thing, Mitch, but to watch him live and watch how hard he works and how smart he is and how strong he is on the puck. He, I mean, that second goal, he, he retrieved the puck three times before he hit Sod with a perfect pass. It was just wonderful stuff. And, you know, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of talk when you hear around the fringes of this, you know, who would you rather have, Jonathan Taves or Sidney Crosby? And it's a kind of a crazy argument, but... In the last 15 Stanley Cup games that he's played, Jonathan Taves has two goals. And so, you know, there, you need to be fair in the, in the evaluation. And, and, you know, quite frankly, Taves has been better than Kane, but that's because he's got one assist and Kane doesn't have anything. Saw the backhander turned aside by Bishop. Now it's Taves around. Back to Keith again. Shoved it over to Hosa. Gets it over and There's the goal that uh, Ray was talking about, all the work that Hosa did. And at that point, with the joint going nuts and they've taken a lead, you figured, okay, they're they're on their way here. But uh, as Rod pointed out earlier in the show, it, wh- how many times? How many how many times has this happened now? Yeah, this is a weird one, Ray. So far in the playoffs, uh, Chicago has given up a goal within two minutes of scoring their own goal ten times. It's the most of any playoff team, and I know they've played as many games as any other playoff team, but it's still very bizarre. It is bizarre. It is, um, you know, for a veteran team, uh, an experienced team, you would think that this wouldn't be the case. Um, you know, you'd have to go through each of the individual goals to see what times of the game they were at. And But in this series, let's let's look at the most important series, and that's this one, is that, you know, it happened in game two, it happened in game three. Um, the, I mean, we were we were still writing our notes down from the sod goal and, and it was in the other net. Uh, I mean, the goal last night, uh, look, nothing was happening. Corey Crawford has to be able to, I mean, that backhand from Kucherov was, was bouncing like a, it, <clears throat> it wasn't even a shot and he, he couldn't control it. And then Oduya got pushed off the puck and, and that's another concern for, for the Blackhawks and, and uh, Palat was able to tie the game. The concern being, of course, that, Odui only played five and a half of the last 29 minutes of the game. And um, if he can't play or is limited, that is a enormous blow 
to a pretty thin Chicago blue line already. Our structure is, is kind of tailor-made for him. And to be honest, I, he's pretty much got free reign with me and he's earned that trust and just the plays he makes it's it's just fun to watch he's a fun player to watch but he's really grown into that role it took him a few years but victor hedman's arrived and he he might have arrived he's arrived certainly on the on the world stage in the stanley cup final and it looked like he was arriving this year and then he got hurt so it's a bit of a, a late arrival but you're getting the you're getting the first town look at a tremendous talent is there five defensemen you can think of you'd want in the league more than Victor Hedman? I mean, I can't think of him. He's six foot six. He's got incredible mobility. His wingspan is is remarkable. He can shoot the puck. He skates incredibly well with the puck. He's got you know, he's got four assists in the last two games. He plays twenty six or seven minutes a night. He plays against the best players. And it's funny, you know, these the teams are you know, and people have written about, you know, it's taken him a while. It's not like he's twenty eight. Uh, is he 24 yet? Because if he is, that's as old as he can be. I think he's 23 still. You know, I mean, he's still a young guy. He's a he's a cornerstone player. He really is. Ray, I was wondering uh, the fact that uh, Tyler Johnson hasn't taken faceoffs the last two games. Did that ever happen to you? And also, what could that possibly su- suggest? I know, I know, he scored uh, two games ago and he picked up a point last night's well, game. He scored a goal that shouldn't have gone in. That's true. But uh, the fact that he hasn't been taking uh, faceoffs, Ray. Well, he's got a hand or wrist injury for sure. Um, there, there's no question. There's, you know, Johnson's one of their better face-off guys, and you know, when he there was there was some quiet specula- speculation that he wasn't going to play in game two. Um, he was hurt in a collision with Brent Seabrook in the in the first game. They they just kind of ran together almost accidentally in the middle of the ice, and Johnson popped up in the air, and when he fell down, he landed on his on his like his forearm or wrist, and. Um, he can't shoot the puck like he normally does. And, you know, he had a shot in the five on three and he, you know, he kind of waffled it into Corey Crawford. And so he's doing the best he can. Um, you know, he's, I can't imagine anybody's going to, you know, going to take a back seat if they've got any chance of playing here in a, in the finals, the way that, you know, I mean, you're, you're two wins away now from trying to win, but it's, you know, for, for, from the opportunity rather to win, but he's clearly not the player he, he was earlier in the in the playoffs. He just he just can't do the things that that he normally would. Chicago fired what thirty eight shots at Ben Bishop. Uh, they scored once on a, on a goalie who appeared to be a one legged goalie in the first period. He he seemed uh, a little more comfortable certainly in the, by the third period than he appeared to be outwardly anyway. Uh, what do you make of all of this? And and are the Blackhawks, do you think that's a point of contention? Are they talking about trying to get him to move to the side that he's clearly laboring on? Well, I don't know if you if you change much, um, you know, whether the goaltender's hurt or not. Um, clearly, he's, he's hurt. I mean, he didn't finish the second game. Uh, whether it's a groin or knee or hamstring or something, it, it affects his mobility a little bit. What what it looks like to me, and again, you know, and I mean, you're just speculating here, but whenever he moves a certain way, he gets a bite, yeah. like a sharp pain, and then it goes away, and he's fine. Um, you know, we're all noting it in the press box, and I'm sure everybody is on TV. I get the sense that the the Lightning are pretty comfortable with the fact that he's not going to get hurt any further, and I don't know that they even pay attention to it, to be frank. You know, I mean, it you know, he's every shot. It's like he's, you know, it looks like he's 
you know, he, he's got shot for a second, and then he, he gets back up and he continues on to play. So after a while, you don't even notice anymore. Um, he, he does get himself out of position even when he's 100% healthy, and he is able to cover a lot of his, you know, maybe lack of, you know, where, where he's a little bit shy, maybe technically, because he's six foot seven. I mean, the guy covers an, an enormous area of the net just by standing there. And, you know, go back to the first period last night, and both Jose and um, Tara Vinen missed virtual open nets with him out of the play. And so, yeah, he got lucky last night uh, on those plays. But I thought he had a, a gritty, kind of a gutty performance to hang in there. He made several good saves, and, and again, he, you know, he outplayed Corey Crawford at the other end, that's for sure. By today's standards, Quinville can get pretty animated behind the bench, especially when he feels like his team's been wronged. On the the sad uh, goalie interference call, when he kind of extends his hands and gets Bishop in the head, Bishop may have exaggerated and, as you say, stayed laid out in the, on the ice for a little while. But but Quinville went apoplectic. The entire bench got into it. Was that just for the next call, or were they really getting frustrated? Oh, I think... Uh, you know, I played with Joel for seven years, and you know, I I played for him in St. Louis. He's an emotional coach, and when that penalty was called, I mean, he just he exploded like a shot up on top of the bench. And you know, most times guys react, um, coaches too, to you know, it's your initial reaction. That's what you do. If they looked at the play, and it, and if they were, which this wouldn't be possible, but if they were able to look at the play with no emotion, they would say that that's a penalty. Because you have to say now, if one of their guys hit your goalie like that, you know, pushed him in the head with his hands, would you want a penalty called? Well, of course they would. And so it it was a tough call for the Blackhawks Hawks to absorb because they were already shorthanded. But Saw did hit the goaltender in the head. Yeah, Bishop sold it. Absolutely he did. He flopped over on his belly and was lying there until, you know, until the you know until the call was made. But Again, I, I think most goalies would probably do the same. With Ray Ferraro at the Stanley Cup Final in Chicago, Melnick in the afternoon, TSN 690. Mitch Melnick, Rod Francis, Mitch Gallo. You like Chicago, Ray? The city? Yeah. Oh, who wouldn't? Well, uh, just on, like, a le- on, a, on a level of, uh, you know, like Prague is, is uh, in another on another planet, apparently, right? It's no Prague. No, it can't be Prague. But <laughs> this is a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. You've been to Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not enough. Not enough because, you know, I'm an East Coast kind of guy, but uh, I've been to Chicago a couple of times. Yeah. No, this is a great place. This is a great city. Um, there's lots to do. It's, you know, it's a crazy sports town if you're into that. Um, unreal music. They get music club, blues clubs all over the place. It's, uh, it's a really, really good place. Before we let you go, uh, usually I'm on this, but uh, Gallo discovered it's an anniversary of sorts for Ray Ferraro. Go ahead, Mitch. Well, yeah, Ray, uh, you're aware, 33 years ago today, you're taken 88th by the uh, Hartford Whalers. Yeah, somebody tweeted that. I'm like, man, 33 years ago, really? Crazy. Well, I was uh, I was drafted out of Tier 2. I was playing for Penticton, and how things have changed... Um, my coach told me in January of that year, he said, you know, you keep playing like this, you're going to get drafted. And I said, when? And he said, in June. I thought my draft year was the next year. <laughs> I have a late August birthday. I had no idea. Could you imagine some kid today not knowing when his draft year is? I had no idea. Jeez, you might have scored more if you knew you had been uh, you were going to be drafted. <laughs> you might have scored more than underneath. <laughs> 
Well, no, that year. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, it was I the year before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had 65 goals in 48 games. I wasn't even the first player picked out of my league. I think there was some concern over my lack of size, and uh, they didn't think I was going to be quick enough. But um, obviously, um, there are 87 players picked in front of me, and I'm not too sure how many of them uh, played as long. So it, well, it worked out as it worked out awesome. So since you mentioned was, that, uh, that was a great since, day. since you mentioned that, I was going to ask Gallo to test you on the 83 draft. Yeah, I got a good trivia question for you, Ray. Only one player. The 82 draft. The 82 draft, 33 years ago, yeah. yeah. The uh, only one player drafted after you scored more goals than you did, and only three players that were drafted before you scored more goals than you did from that draft. After me? Um, huh. Was Claude Lemieux after me? Uh, he's not the guy that uh, I saw scored more goals than oh. you. Who was it? I wouldn't. Who would that be? Before you was Gilmore. And Oof. after, can you guess the, the the players? Sorry, before you, after you was Gilmore. Can you guess the three players before you? Way to go, Gallo. Way to, way to ruin an ending to yeah, that. So, so Gilmore, Gilmore was after me. Mm-hmm. He was probably smaller than me. When, so they weren't drafting guys of our stature at that time. Um, before me, top of the draft... Um, Trying to think who that is it Brian Bellows? Yes. Wow. He was the top um, he was the top guy. Pat Verbeek? That's two. Missing one. You might have seen I'm him around the rink in this series. Scored more career goals than Ray Ferraro. Oh, you got that hint? You got that clue? You may have seen him around the rink in this series. Yeah, but I oh. Um not Steve Thomas. Nope, not Stumpy. There's another guy. There's another guy who, who stood in front. They, I think he he's got a statue somewhere. <laughs> he's got a he's got a statue. Yeah. How many Chicago? guys? How many? How many? No, not in Chicago. The other rink. Steve Andrichuk. That's the one. Really? Well, you got he got 600 goals. I mean, he was either, but. He was draft. Was he in that? What? Oh, he was a first rounder. Yes, but you yeah, had. But he was seven foot two, so they picked <laughs> those guys early. That's pretty good company. Now, they were worried I couldn't skate fast enough, but they they knew Dave couldn't. They just knew he could score like crazy. So, huh, so Andrew Chuck and who are the other guys drafted in front of Ray who ended up with more goals? Just Bellows, Andrew Chuck, and Verbeek, and then and then Doug Gilmore, and that's so Ray Ferraro. In that in that See, draft, that's a pretty year. good draft pick. I'm I'm that that kind of you guys after feeling old for much of the day that made me feel pretty good. I appreciate that. <laughs> Way to go, Ray. Enjoy Chicago. We'll talk in a couple of days. Yeah, talk Thursday, guys. See ya. Melnick in the afternoon. Listen live weekdays from three to seven on TSN six ninety.